0: I understand, I could have had class. I could have been a contender. Hulk oh, me. Smash. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. Here's Johnny. What do you want guy motherfucker. You never go ask them out. Now, what is so damn funny? And where are we go. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. Force will be with you. always the truth you can't handle the truth showtime everybody showtime
1: deck the halls and jingle bell rock we are here for the four real movie club and this month we will be talking about christmas movies and here on the panel tonight from fanboys anonymous the ceo founder and the man behind the curtain tony mango
2: hey hey everybody i'm gonna be the grinch for this episode so (laughs) stay tuned for all that
1: also joining us from New York, Mr. Payton. Oh, I'm going to be Tim Allen, I guess. <laughs> Next I sound <laughs> more like Cookie Monster. <laughs> and also newcomer to the show, Lauren, and I don't know your last name because I'm a terrible host.
3: That's okay. <laughs> Lauren's fine.
1: Sweet. Just, Just Lauren.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so tonight we're going to kick things off talking about a very old movie. And that is, It's a Wonderful Life, because you cannot think Christmas without thinking It's a Wonderful Life.
0: What do you know about that?
1: So, (laughs) let's kick off things. Tony, what's your initial impression, Mr. Grinch, on It's a Wonderful Life?
2: (laughs) We're actually, thankfully, starting off with the movie that I like the best out of this. So, uh, It's a Wonderful Life is a movie that I've always wanted to watch, because everybody always talks about it being a classic. And usually when that happens, I assume it sucks, because most people are like... Casablanca, best movie ever. And I start watching it, and I'm like, ah, it's this, this kind of got some plot uh, holes in it. Or, you know, Going with the Wind, where everybody goes nuts over Wizard of Oz, and I fucking hate that movie. But um, I always wanted to watch It's Wonderful Life, and I assumed that I was going to absolutely hate it, but I like the uh, basic structure of the movie. The only thing that I have a little issue with, and we'll, you know, we'll elaborate a little bit more on this, but the old timiness of it does get to me and uh, <laughs> I'm going to be that type of guy that everybody's going to hate by saying, this is the type of movie that I think I would like so much more if they remade it. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. So everybody already hates me. I established that we'll figure this out later on, but it's a, it's a good movie that could be better is what I should say.
1: It's with like robots and a new lightsaber. You'll be good to go. Uh, I don't know. BB 8s kind of cool. <laughs> Michael Bay produced. It'd be great. Um, Lauren, what was your initial impression and first thoughts on the film It's a Wonderful Life?
3: Um, I mean, I first saw it a long time ago. Um, I was kind of forced to watch it by my parents. <laughs> um, they're like, you know, you got to you know, sit and watch this. Uh, and we're like, no, you don't want to. My dad was like, well, if you tell me the meaning of the movie, I'll give you 50 bucks. So, of course, I sat and watched it. To Damn. find the real meaning behind it. I
2: want, I want that deal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, it's it is old timey, um, and that makes it funny in parts that probably shouldn't be funny.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I don't know. I think I could agree with wanting to make a remake, but I think I, me personally, would just critique every little thing. Like, oh, well, the original they did this, and you know, it was better, and then. So I guess I contradict myself. (laughs) (laughs) Good movie.
1: (laughs) Mike, what were your initial thoughts on It's a Wonderful Life?
4: Uh, something I noticed with It's a Wonderful Life that I've learned about a lot of movies as we're watching this um, are movies that I haven't seen or it, I haven't seen in a long time, and I only remember the things that are often pulled from them to the point of parodying it, um, and It's a Wonderful Life is one of those movies where they really do that. Previous examples we've done on the show was like Weekend at Bernie's, uh, or most recently for our Thanksgiving episode, Scent of a Woman. You know, my impression of *Scent of a Woman* that it was two and a half hours of hoo-ha, 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 uh, <laughs> and really it was so, so much yeah. more than that. Um, and that goes for for this movie too. I mean, we you see this parodied so many times with uh, the person being taken but by a guardian angel and shown the, all the past or what their life would be like, the world would be like if they were never born. And you, you tend to forget that the, what the actual original source of it was like. So, going back and seeing that and seeing how much of that movie there was before they even got to that part, seeing just the setup of this guy's life and the slow downward spiral into what it got into, uh, it, was, it was really neat to get that watched again and relearn and see why this is a movie that cemented itself in there and it's why it's lasted so long. Because Christmas movies come and go. Um, <laughs> you know, we're doing Jingle All the Way. And right now, I, I walk through the stores and I just see heavy advertisements for Jingle All the Way, too. I tell you, no one's going to be watching Jingle All the Way 2 for a Christmas podcast show in 10 years. Ew, it's a Wonderful either. Life, though. What is it? Where are we on? 60 years here? 70?
1: I think more than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just to give a little facts on the movie, uh, which is a great segue, the release date was December 20th, 1946. So, like, right after yeah. World War II. Um, no. Nope. Oh. Uh, it was directed by and produced by Frank Capra. With screenplay, Francis Goodrich, Albert Hackett, Joe Swirling, and Frank Capra. It's based on The Greatest Gift by Philip Van Doren Stern, with way too many names. And it stars James Stewart, Donna Reed, Lionel Barrymore, and Henry Travers. So when we get to casting, that's one thing we talk about with all our films here. Uh, We'll go back right to you, Mike. What did you think on the casting for It's a Wonderful Life?
4: Uh, well, I'm bad at knowing modern celebrities, uh, who they are, <laughs> <laughs> as I've said previously, but you, you go back to this time period, and I barely know who any of these people are. I mean, Jimmy Stewart's a name I've become familiar with just because of who he is, but anyone else on this, I, I don't know who the heck they are. Um, I think they were all fine, though. There was no one that stuck out to me like, oh, this person's putting in a horrible performance. I would say the standouts would, of course, be Jimmy Stewart um, and his, oh, what are you, what are you talking about? Uh, Sure. Gosh darn! <laughs> See hot tags. Um, uh, Mr. Potter uh, was fantastically played as well as this crotchety old man in his wheelchair. Uh, we never saw any resolution with Mr. Potter, by the way, which is one thing that kind of bugs me about this movie. Um,
2: and the st- <laughs>
4: and the stereotypical sassy maid.
2: Yes, dude, I literally have sassy maid in my notes. That's so funny. <laughs>
4: Oh, she was fantastic. What was the one line? He's like, Jimmy Stewart's like, oh, well, why don't you just pull up a set so you could hear clearer? Well, if I thought there was something worth hearing, maybe I would. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine if they did a modern remake, they could really do something great with that character.
1: Speaking of modern remake, so, I mean, that's been mentioned a couple times. Do you feel that there are any actors today that could deliver the performance just to make it as iconic or not better?
4: No, and this was something I wanted to bring up at some point. I don't know if now is the best time, but the qualifications of what is good acting and what makes a good film are so different now. I don't think you could find someone who would fit that role. Um, unless they're just hiding somewhere on a stage somewhere, but mm-hmm. I don't think we have any actors who are that genuine and earnest that they could do that. No. Everyone ever, these days is so focused on being like either hot or stupid funny.
2: Yeah. I
4: don't think anyone just focuses on being like a, a genuine actor like that anymore. Tom Hanks. Ooh, but he's kind of old now. <laughs> if, if it was... Fifteen years ago, Tom Hanks, yeah, would be a good option.
1: Very interesting. I get to
4: CGI's face. They did it for uh, the dude.
1: <laughs> Tony, what were your thoughts on the casting and uh, potential if they remade it? Who could step into these shoes?
2: Well, as far as the sassy maid goes, uh, <laughs> which that's so funny that you said sassy maid too. That's literally the only <laughs> the only note that I have written down for her because I figured I could go off of that. Octavia Spencer would definitely fit that role for me uh anybody who has seen her in red band society which is a show that's probably going to get canceled which is a shame because it's awesome uh she could play this part fantastically and uh there's another line in the movie too that i really liked with her and i can't remember it off the top of my head uh but it was something like um like the mom says something about like us getting old, and she's just like, "Hey, speak for yourself," or something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: she's
2: gonna like crazy why people. Like it's so fantastic. Um, I, I don't know about the Jimmy Stewart thing. Jimmy Stewart's one of those guys that I think people attribute a certain caliber of uh quality to him that I don't really think is 100 percent justified. Not to say that he's a terrible actor or anything, because he clearly isn't. But I think that if you Pulled Jimmy Stewart from back then, and you put him out there now, he wouldn't last. And no, credits
4: have changed again. That's not what people want to see these days.
2: Yeah, but even uh, if that wasn't exactly what we want to see now, I think that a lot of things were easier back then, and when you had less competition, a lot of things were made that much better. Now, I don't know if there is another person that could have played the part uh, from nowadays. Yeah, off the top of my head, I really can't think of anybody other than the Tom Hanks thing, but. Um, as far as, like, sticking in the time period that it was in, I don't really know if anybody really could have been better. Uh, I don't know a whole lot of older actors and actresses. Donna Reed was, uh, great in this. Uh, I usually kind of, uh, am a sourpuss when it comes to, well, I don't see what's so great about her when people are talking about the beautiful women of the back in the day, and I'm like, yeah, she's not bad, but, like... Marilyn Monroe is overrated to me. Donna Reed here, I could see I could see myself uh, being into her if I were watching this back then. And
0: uh, <laughs> so oh, credit man, to Look you,
2: at the gams. She's showing all the way up to her knees.
1: <laughs> Real racy.
2: I don't think I would rub my cheek on her constantly. Like, Jimmy Stewart does. <laughs> Which was very creepy. It was just kind of like... Uh, what was her fucking character's name? I don't know. I was just going to call her Donna, but like... Mary? Mary, sure. He's just like Mary. Oh, like I'll kiss you, but I really just want to rub my cheek. I want to act like a dog or something. <laughs> uh, Potter, like Payton said, Potter was great, and uh, I actually like that he doesn't really get his comeuppance because you know the bad guys sometimes sort of win, and uh, it's nice to see a movie back then when they had like uh, more rules and regulations of like what they could and couldn't do, like the comic book code back in the day where. You couldn't show anybody who's a villain not get their comeuppance. And the same thing could apply to a lot of movies. You know what? That doesn't happen in real life. And even though this clearly is not real life, it's wonderful life. Uh, it's <laughs> a situation where he doesn't need to get, like, dragged away and taken to, uh, you know, the jail cell because of this kind of stuff. But he probably would have done a good job in that scene anyway, because he, he was a real asshole. So you uh, actually like, <laughs>
4: dragging him with like his dead legs. Yeah. They,
2: just, like... <laughs> they break the old fashioned wheelchair and they're just dragging it. <laughs> He's just like, I've got money, you son of a bitch. They're like, You can't curse in this movie. It's <laughs> whatever. Uh,
1: Lard, what were your thoughts on the casting and a potential cast
3: for a remake? Um, I love Jimmy Stewart. Um his movies are like on my Definitely favorites. Um, but as far as... I mean, everybody else, like, you know, Mr. Potter definitely was perfect. Mary, I I think she's, she's pretty, but she's not overly gorgeous, which is kind of more believable and realistic for Jimmy Stewart.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Jimmy Stewart. And <laughs>
4: hey, that's coming from a girl. Like, Just us being curious.
3: No offense, but, you know... I mean, he's he's good-looking in his own way, but, I mean... He's
2: got kind of a big nose. Yeah. It's a big cheek.
3: <laughs> so he's, like, that that like tall, lanky... Um do you think, like, anybody that could really play him now? Um,
4: Carrot Top. <laughs> Actually, Carrot Top got ripped, so even he couldn't do it anymore.
3: I mean, like, I... Uh trying to think of, like, modern-day actors, and, like, the only ones that come to mind are, like...
4: You know who would have been good? Full House-era Bob Saget. I could see that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I could see that.
4: Like, before everyone realized that he's actually, like, <laughs> kind of nutso and dirty. Yeah. Before like the they...
1: aristocrats, right?
3: <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. Like, like, like the Full House slash America's Funniest Home Videos era Bob Saget. The one when that everyone would
0: everyone rub
1: his, his cheek stumbles. instead of rubbing something else.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So uh, another thing that really stems out of this movie is, is just the idea of what life would be without me in the future. And, ma- and many uh, films have touched base on this uh, several times on this theme. Um, one of the films is uh, in the ni- in 1990 it was Mr. Destiny, and in 2000, The Family Man with Nick Cage uh, <laughs> followed this movie uh, with the whole storyline of what would happen if I wasn't where I was today and what impact it would have. There was actually I guess a remake in 1977 according to Wikipedia because that's where I get all my information um, where they flipped the roles and had Mary uh, Bailey be the one who was chasing uh, a world without her. And Cloris Leachman was in it as the angel Clara Oddbody. And Leachman had received her second Emmy nomination for this role. So this general theme of the what's life without me scenario. It's so impactful. Do you, uh, we'll start with you, Tony. Do you think this is like why this movie resonates so well with people or just because it's like, oh it's a classic so you have to watch it?
2: A little of column A and a little of column B. I think a lot of people like classics because they've been told that they're a classic and that they should. And to the movie's credit, I think that the storyline itself does warrant a huge following because that's something that a lot of people feel and i wouldn't go so far as to say everybody because some people are so stuck up that they can never even imagine a world without them and some people are unfortunately already beaten down to the point where they take their own life for real but uh i'm somebody who thinks about this kind of question quite a bit i hate to admit and uh watching any kind of movie that deals with that kind of a subject it makes you think twice about certain things and it starts to kind of bring back memories from your past that you kind of go, well, you know, if I wasn't around, would this have been better? Would this have been worse? And the fact that they give you a, a good message here of, you know, you shouldn't just beat yourself up about everything. And yeah, life might not be as great as it seems like it could be at certain times, but there's a lot of other things that you should appreciate. And one of those things is yourself that's something that isn't said a whole lot it's tough to find a situation where you can kind of pat yourself on the back and not feel conceited so i that's actually the thing that i really liked about this movie was its message
1: Peyton, what was your thoughts on the message and like why it's considered such a classic
4: well a good message will always be timeless and this put it out there and you know, I can't speak for, as far as trying to, like, explain a theory about why that is, but I could just back it up by saying that the whole story of It's a Wonderful Life and the whole message that it puts through in the end has been parodied so many times on so many different TV shows. It's perhaps probably the most common thing you've seen throughout, like, sitcoms, except for maybe, like, everybody's stuck in an elevator.
0: <laughs>
4: Besides that, I think every single show has had a point where they have a character that goes through the same situation that George Bailey did.
1: Those well, elevators.
3: <laughs> bastards
1: uh lauren what were your thoughts on the uh, theme and what made it a classic
3: um i mean like kind of like what everybody's been saying like every everyone always thinks about what things would be like now or what things could have maybe gone different if you weren't around and um i mean like even rugrats did this um where they had chucky like oh you know what would it be like if i was a <laughs> of course it was joking because <laughs> you know he's all the woe me and then he realizes wow all the grown-ups now worship angelica so i i'm gonna i, I gotta stay you know i gotta stick around <laughs>
4: that's such a great way for progress, the joke.
3: <laughs> so you know i mean it the message is timeless i think that's what why it's such a classic and a favorite
2: would have been great if Chucky uh, sees himself and it's like his dad's much better off he's like oh, I'm not weighed by, down by this kid
3: <laughs> he's like a weirdo that has a sock puppet and watches uh, C-Span uh, <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: he probably does that anyway that's when Chucky goes to bed
2: yeah uh. I want you to meet your new mom
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's bad
0: um,
1: one thing i'd like to talk about before we we uh wrap up and give our final thoughts on this movie is it's such a powerful message it's such an iconic film and you can't think christmas without thinking this especially that last line uh, where the little girl goes every time a bell rings an angel gets her wings um <laughs> speaking of that girl there's a story going around where there's an unauthorized sequel being aimed for a 2015 release which is currently in development uh it'll be called it's a wonderful life the rest of the story
4: really didn't go for it's a more wonderful life or something like that
1: (laughs) they're going to be following uh the daughter zuzu played once again by carolyn grimes what um as she teaches bailey's get this evil grandson <laughs> how different the world would have been if he had never been born and so, it's positive yeah i i have to know what are your thoughts we'll start with you mike should they do a sequel should this should somebody stop this before it happens
4: huh uh i mean if if someone wants to waste their money on it uh, that sounds like their own stupidity. I have a feeling this will be pretty harmless and not actually be seen by anybody. This will probably just end up in the discount DVD bin the Christmas that it comes out, and then we'll never have to hear it about <laughs> again except for when we're watching some, like, YouTuber do a review about how bad it is. It'll
1: It'll it'll be me. I'll be that YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lauren, what what are your thoughts on a potential sequel if they somehow obtain the rights to do this?
3: No, that's, it's like, you can't... Like, don't beat a dead horse kind of thing? Or, like, no, not don't beat a dead horse, but don't...
2: What if the horse was never born? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's like, man, I gotta walk?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Like, too much of a good thing is... You got a good thing, don't... Just quit while you're ahead. That is what I was looking for. Quit while you're ahead, not feed
4: it. has been decade. sitting for
1: 50 years.
3: It's like, yeah. just, just leave it alone. You know, just just leave it alone. Anything else is going to suck. <laughs>
1: Tony, what are your thoughts on a potential sequel?
2: If you're going to go sequel, don't make it about Zuzu. Make it the okay. buddy... <laughs> no. Hear me out. Make it the buddy spinoff we it... want to see. Make Isn't it... Zuzu
4: the bird from Lion King?
1: <laughs> Thank you. Isn't that the name of the daughter? Yeah, that's the name of the daughter, yeah, yeah, but it's also the bird from Lion
3: King, so No, that
2: was Sazu. I, oh, wow. I think what My they need did. to go with is the buddy spinoff. All right, now Jimmy Learns? Stewart Jimmy Stewart's already died. And we make this about him and the angel, and it's it's a wonderful death. And we just <laughs> beat that drum instead because I don't want to see anything about some <laughs> evil granddaughter or grandson or whatever the fuck
1: off into the omen it's damien yeah
2: i would
3: pay to
2: watch that it's just a big ad for ginger
1: snaps (laughs) 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 oh man uh we'll start with you tony what are your final thoughts and a rating one to ten on it's a wonderful life
2: All right. Well, as I said, the old-timiness kind of gets to me a little bit. Um, Some of the dialogue, really, at times, I kind of just paused uh, and laughed. You know, well, the whole, well, hot dog. And uh, (laughs) easily one of the biggest times in the movie where I was just, like, floored with how old it was, was, oh, yes, it's the big Charleston contest. (laughs) (laughs) like oh well shit i've been waiting for this Thank <laughs> god. uh and the super happy choreography with this one dude i rewound it a bunch of times because he was super <laughs> the happy he's like sidestepping us he's <laughs> like twirling his hands he gets into the shot and he's just kind of like oh my it's god ridiculous. it's the big fucking charleston contest <laughs> you have no idea how happy i am uh there's some lines in it though that that kind of make up for it a little bit. and they're still a little bit cheesy, but the whole I'll give you the moon thing. I'm like, okay, you know, I, I'll buy into that and i'll I'll love at least one scene of this movie just because of how that kind of uh, makes it funny. And that's the whole well, your money's in Joe's house, and it's right next door to yours, and it's in the Kennedy's house. <laughs> and uh, I, oh my God, I love the Simpsons uh, parody of that, so I buy. Uh, by default I had to love that but when it comes to favorites and least favorite parts and stuff my least favorite part had to be the angel himself and uh, he was just a character that I didn't really like he seemed kind of obnoxious and annoying and if that was supposed to be cutesy well fuck off angel like I don't want to be around (laughs) you anymore can you just like show me uh, get a different angel to help do this that's why you don't have your wings by the way if anybody's uh, curious about the bells and the angel's getting their wings. Listen to the Raw post-show however many times the however bell goes off.
4: Oh, we've helped a lot of angels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: my favorite scene, it's an odd choice, I'm sure everybody would be like, why did you go with this? But uh, the very, very beginning, how they had the the celestial bodies, or whatever you would want to call them, the stars, talking like they apparently parodied in Futurama. I thought that that was a really nice touch, and I've always liked that in Futurama, but...
4: <laughs> really nice touch? You mean how they just glowed a little bit?
2: <laughs> no, I, I liked how they...
4: Special effects.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I liked how they did that instead of showing some kind of a, an Abrahamic god creature or something like that. It was a way to sort of, like, uh, dial it down a little bit and make it accessible to a lot of different people that might not like the movie for the religious overtones to it, because... I'm not a really religious person so if they would have really beaten that into my head I would have been like oh I get it God's amazing whatever but having you know this kind of like otherworldliness to that was like more of a Christmas spirit kind of a thing as opposed to all about God and Jesus and these kind of beliefs and stuff so I think it's more accessible that way uh, rating out of ten originally I had written down a six I gotta bump it up to a seven uh, there's a little bit of things that I think could be better. Maybe that's the old time maybe not, but uh, the more time that's going by since I've watched this, the more I can give it credit. So I don't know, maybe tomorrow I'll give it an eight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, what was your final thoughts on the movie and high points, low points and a ranking one to
3: 10? Um, overall. I mean, I think I, I got to understand it more and appreciate it more as I get older. Um, cause when you're a kid, you just like, okay, whatever, you know, this is it. But then when you're, when you actually kind of go through this stuff that he's going through and you kind of look at it as from an adult's point of view, it, you kind of, it, it makes you like step back and think I'm getting like real deep right now. And <laughs> like, you really step back and you look at yourself and you think, you know, how many people actually need you. So, um, Low points would be the uh, cheesy humor. Oh. Um, I mean, that's kind of...
4: But we all love cheesy humor.
3: Yeah, I know. But it's like, that's beating a dead horse. There we go. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I know how to use that term correctly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I don't know. Not As far as, like, besides, like, the cheesy humor and the you know, stereotypical stuff, you know, I I mean, it. not really any other significant low points. I would probably give it like a seven and a half. Cool.
1: Mr. Payton, what would you rank at one to 10? And, and um, (laughs) I have no idea what happened. Um, What would you rank at one to 10 and what were your final thoughts and uh, high point, low point?
4: Uh, It's a Wonderful Life is a wonderful movie. I was very pleasantly surprised watching this back. I probably am not going to make this any kind of huge tradition. Um, I don't really watch tons of Christmas movies every Christmas season. Uh, In fact, the only one I've watched with any type of consistency every Christmas is another one we're watching later. Uh, So we'll discuss that one. This one, I'll watch it when it's on. I'll watch it if it's around. I'm not going to ignore it. I think as a kid, I was really turned off to this, so I never really fully watched it all the way through. Um, it may have just been the black and white, or even worse, I think it may be been the fact that I've been seeing it in, because back in like the 90s, it was really big to watch old black and white movies, but colorized, and that was just an awful phase in movie history. Um, I think they they didn't they pass some kind of like law or something where you can't colorize old movies anymore. They
0: should. <laughs> I think there
4: was something, like, I think like George Lucas helped pass that or something. Um, movie itself is just timeless. I mean, if you put a good story there, it's going to be good forever unless you do something stupid, like put dated jokes in there. And and I, I guess to an extent you could say that they had some, like those dated fifties references in there, like the Charleston contest and, uh, <laughs> and the sayings and, you know, the moxie and all that. Um, but the, the story in there will ring true forever. Uh, and as Lauren said, as an adult, you realize that even more, um, One of my favorite bands, Rilo Kiley, has a line in one of their songs. uh, it's, uh, It's your gradual descent into a life you've never meant. And watching that unfold for George Bailey was just like a heartbreaking story to see about how this guy had all this drive to go out there and see the world and take it over. And just one thing at a time kept him from doing that. And he did the right thing, you know, trying to keep the family business going, taking care of everybody. But it... Sometimes wasn't always what he wanted, and eventually that burden weighed down on him too much. But in the end, he was still a very rich man. He still had a lot good going for him, and I think that's just a feel-good story. How can anybody possibly hate that?
1: And would you rank him one out of ten?
4: I'll go with a seven and a half. Um, I, I actually probably would give it higher if it wasn't so dated in those aspects. Um, and one other aspect that was a little bit dated, but not as bad as a lot of other movies from this time. Um, as, as a film editor myself, it bothers the hell out of me when I watch these older movies and see how clunky the editing was back then. Like, they'll start fading into the next scene before, like, they're done saying the final line of the scene before. And it just drives me nuts how bad the timing is on that. So there was a few instances of that in this movie, but not as horrendous as some other older movies. So I, I can't be too mad about it.
2: Or some
1: current movies. That, okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so we've just left It's a Wonderful Life. And we'll be jumping about three decades ahead to a stop-motion animated television special, The Year Without a Santa Claus. So if you're listening here on YouTube, make sure you click the next link or let the whole playlist thing do its work and knock you down to the next film or whatever it does. I don't know. It's fancy internets. And we'll be talking about The Year Without a Santa Claus. So thank you for listening and make sure you click the next video. Welcome back to the second part of the December For Real Movie Club discussion. Uh, this time, we're going to move into the 1974 Rankin-Bass stop-motion animated TV special. <laughs> bass or Bass? I think it's Rankin-Bass. Oops. <laughs> all about that bass.
0: that bass.
1: No, keep going. That's all good. Do it live. The story is based on Phyllis McGinley's 1956 book of the same name, illustrated by Kurt Worth. Uh, it originally broadcasted December 10th, 1974 on ABC. The Year Without a Santa Claus is by far one of my favorite Christmas specials to watch because of the Snow Miser, Heat Miser on it. So, Mr. Grinch, we'll start with you again. What were your thoughts on The Year Without a Santa Claus?
2: This was the main reason I didn't want to do this episode <laughs> of The For Real Movie Club. I hate these kind of movies. And there was no surprise at all that I did not like this movie at all. I just I don't like musicals in general. I don't like any kind of like stop motion animation or claymation or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, overly sappy things I tend to not like, and this was just everything rolled into one. I am not a fan of this movie. Man, you're such a Grinch. <laughs> I don't even like the Grinch. <laughs> that's, like that's why I don't like these kind of movies. That is still like uh, too old for
1: me. Lard, what was your first impression of the year without a Santa Claus?
3: Oh, my first impression was, oh my god, I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, I mean, I, I give him credit for the uh, the stop motion because I've tried to do that before and it's it's not it it's very time consuming, and to make it into an hour long special with all this other crap, you know, um, but I mean the the characters themselves are just, I don't know, I think it's the lack of mouth movement that creeps me out I I don't I don't know but it's just something about them that I'm like uh, let me watch this with a you know some viewer discretion I need an adult (laughs) (laughs) but I mean the heat miser and I I liked I liked him
1: Mike what was your first thoughts and uh, impression with the year without a Santa Claus straight terror (laughs)
0: <laughs> These
4: movies gave me the creeps when I was younger. I cannot stand watching them. And I know exactly what it was. It was the soulless eyes.
2: <laughs> it's another note. I
4: <laughs> The eyes <just laughs> stare right forward. They do not move. And, like, it's stop motion until, like, by time. Sometimes I'll just have the character completely sit there with a dead stare out, like, into completely in the middle of nowhere for a solid, like, second and a half. And it just ugh, gives me the willies. <laughs>
1: I think I'm beginning to think that there's something wrong with me since this is my favorite Christmas special. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, quite possibly, man. In a world of all these other ones, I, 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 no. I, again, like credits for pulling it off, and you know they made a, a number of these movies. They had like what, like almost a dozen of them that they put out at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And that, that's a lot to put out there, and they they put out a lot of other things. I don't, I'm not 100% behind on what the career is of uh, Rankin Bass, but I remember browsing their Wikipedia page, like, oh, they did that. Oh, they did that too. Holy crap! They did like Jason and the Argonauts and stuff. They've been busy.
1: Yeah. Did all uh, the just other give you years some facts about it. Uh, it was directed...
2: Oh, go ahead. <laughs> That's a stupid joke. We <laughs>
1: on, please. Uh, it was directed by the people whose names I can't say, but they uh, run the production company. They also produced it, and it starred Shirley Booth, Mickey Rooney, Dick Sean, George S. Irving, Bob that, McFadden... That Dick Sean. Yeah. Sean's <laughs> such a dick. <laughs> and Bradley B- uh, Bulk. I don't know, these weird names. The only one that stands out is Rick, uh, Mickey Rooney, who is like Santa in every single special.
0: I'm
1: going to play that. Um, <laughs> not going to really go too much into casting for this particularly, because it's all voice overwork, but there was a, a live-action version of this produced years later, where I think John Goodman played Santa. What? Yeah, and uh, oh God, I think Harvey Firestein played Heatmiser. What? Even Subley's
2: in it too, right? yeah. I don't know who that is. It's the fat guy from All Rats.
1: Uh, Kevin Smith? The other fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> fat guy. Uh,
0: the,
1: uh, the the live action i said say, Michael McKean was Snow Miser. Ethan Subley was Jingle, Eddie Griffin was Jangle, oh God, Chris Kattan was Sparky.
0: <laughs> and,
1: yeah, I'm going to stop there. Um, <laughs> when it comes to this live action, or, or just like the whole, the, the, this is going to be a very short episode, obviously, because it's a, like a cartoon. Um, the message and the casting and all that stuff, when they made this live action, could you picture this being a full-length movie? And we'll start with you, Tony, because you're the Grinch. Um, that they could put as a feature film, especially since it seems like Disney and all those companies are now starting to take their cartoons and making them into live action. Do you think they could do this successfully?
2: Uh, maybe they would need to bulk it out a lot, because even this is like there's a lot of extra crap that is uh, completely pointless. It's, it's sort of like you could accomplish the entire story if you had uh, Mrs. Claus call up the little kid and be like, yo, you still believe in Santa? And he'd be like, meh, I don't know. And then she'd be like, well, look at that, Santa. He's not even sure. So it, he doesn't completely not believe in you, right? Then he'd be like, yeah, sure, all right. I'll just go out and give some toys. Like uh, <laughs> The whole subplot of uh, losing, what was it, Vixen and... Cop just doing his job. There's people dressed like that on a Sunday. They should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, all that kind of stuff was just like extra. And if you take out like the music, then you, what you've got like maybe six minutes worth of material or something. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, the, the actual runtime's 48 minutes.
2: Yeah, I mean, the majority of that's got to be music. So unless they really, really had a lot more of a story to go with, I don't think that this could be much more than uh what they already did so i'm sure eventually they'll do it because they do everything again i mean we we'll attempted
1: get... it in 2006 i just yeah. tried to ignore
2: it well maybe we'll get like the dark version like maleficent and we'll have like santa claus is like a, an alcoholic and shit and,
4: like... <laughs> <laughs> we had that it's bad santa
2: much better christmas <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: um Peyton, what are your thoughts? Do you think this has the, the capability of taking the story and putting it on the big screen? Uh...
4: uh <laughs> I mean, this wasn't even put on the big screen originally, right? This was just a television special.
1: Yeah, 48-minute te- uh, television special. Do you know what channel it was on? ABC. ABC. Originally. Well, it still is. Right now, it's on, screen. like, every channel, I yeah. imagine.
2: but One of the three channels they had back then. <laughs> <laughs> uh...
4: I, I would rather not. Um... We don't see Christmas movies hit theaters too much anymore. Nah, it's been The Hobbit. Mm, like, what was um, oh, the, the big movie that was supposed to come out this Christmas was The Interview. Or <laughs> we're not getting that now. Um, what was that last one with the really ugly elf-looking thing? I think it was called like Frank or something like that. That was the last Christmas movie I see remember seeing in theaters.
2: You're not talking about Elf, are you?
4: No, <laughs> that was probably the that was probably the last one I remember before that. So that's how often I remember actually seeing Christmas movies show up in theaters. Um, this I would not want to see there, uh, especially not in its current format, but even if they try to make a live action of it, uh, I don't know like the the jingle and jangle characters are way too derpy for me. I, I don't want to follow them around in any type of capacity. I'm good. Uh, just let this sit around as it is,
1: and I don't have to watch it.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lauren, do you think this would make a good uh, transition to the big screen?
3: No, I mean there's I feel like there's too much fluff in there as it is you know so it's like you're gonna have to add even more fluff and like the point of the movie is what santa needs to go out anyway even if he doesn't feel like it
4: <laughs> it's time to go to work asshole so, like, yeah.
3: it's like wow you, you have a job to do and you really only work one day a year. Yeah,
4: one job santa so, <laughs> get off your ass just do it.
3: yeah so i, I mean to, to just take that concept in itself and extend it to like an hour and a half two hour movie it's like what cool. no no <laughs> one,
1: one big thing that uh, tony had touched on a, a little bit when we were first talking about this is the fact that there's so many songs in it uh payton i'll start cool. with you on this one what do you think of the soundtrack to this
4: God freaking awful. (laughs) Who allowed these people to sing? The the two worst moments in the movie was when Mrs. Claus turned and started singing that song about how she thinks she could be Santa Claus.
2: And it's immediately proven wrong.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Horrendous. And then when that little girl started singing Blue Christmas, which is actually one of my favorite Christmas songs, the Elvis version, not her. Oh my god, little kid is I don't know if there's many things more ear grating than little
2: kid singing. Remember, I'm the Grinch in this episode.
1: (laughs) Tony, what are your thoughts on the soundtracks?
2: I hate it. (laughs) I'm going to spoil something for later. This is my least favorite part of the movie. Uh, Every time another song started, I literally was... I watched this laying down in bed, and there came to a point where... I think it was the little girl's song. It might have been... No, it was the, the one with the dad singing, all the characters with the buck teeth. Oh, uh, <laughs> that was the point where I turned over in my bed, and I'm like, well, if I have to listen to this, I'm not going to watch it, too. <laughs> I, I'm just, oh, man. Uh, I really couldn't stand a lot of uh, the songs, really, uh, in any kind of capacity. I did think it was funny, though, uh, like I had said earlier, that it was – anybody can be santa claus like what about me and then people are like oh what's up mrs claus because we can totally <laughs> tell that you know you're not your husband and she's like oh well fuck this then <laughs>
0: uh,
2: and i couldn't stand when um the uh, what was his name uh, captain cold and heat wave
4: uh <laughs> <Snowmizer> li- <laughs> Heat-Mizer? <laughs>
2: Heat-Mizer? yeah those guys uh when the first one the cold one uh snowman um when he sings his song i'm like oh man this is really going on for a long time i get it you you know you're cold and then when uh you transition from the, the snowball to uh the hot hothead, whatever uh he is just kind of like let me sing the same exact song <laughs> but just switch the temperature around and i'm like oh god i, I get they're, it they're it's fucking like hot and
4: cold. or something like it literally was the exact same thing
2: yeah so man Ugh damn it they
4: I thought you would like those guys because of all their puns.
2: Well that's my favorite part of the movie was (laughs) about giving them a cold. I'm like, alright, thumbs up for that. (laughs)
1: Lauren, what was your opinion on the soundtrack?
3: Um I yeah, I the little girl singing Blue Christmas made my ears bleed a little. And (laughs) the um you know, with the bucktooth dad, that was just very bizarre. Um, that was a weird song, but and the other songs are kind of like meh. But the Heatmiser Miser songs, I mean, I I get them stuck in my head and right now. They're kind of stuck in my head. <laughs> Thank you all. Um, but yeah, I mean, at least change the song up a little bit or some kind of different choreography.
1: Something. Uh, and we'll just stick with you. What was your final thoughts and a rating one to ten on a Year Without Santa Claus?
3: Um, if it's on and there's no other Christmas specials on, and I'm really in the mood to watch something Christmassy, I might leave it on, but I'm not going to like go crazy looking to find it, and probably wouldn't recommend it to my friends.
4: <laughs> <laughs> they probably wouldn't be your friends for much
0: longer. Yeah, no. <laughs>
3: They'd be like, oh, you hate us. Um, I, I'd give it like a three, <laughs> maybe a four.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what are your final thoughts on a rating one to ten?
4: awful just awful uh you know i actually kind of like stop motion and i like claymation but these were very low budget uh the, i guess they just hadn't got the technology down just yet or maybe they were just trying to go for something sillier looking and it just ended up being too goofy that it actually crossed the line into it's demonic and satanic almost this movie was really uncomfortable to watch and any of them of that era i would say i i, I just cannot sit through I I applaud them for the effort um, as far as the stop motion. So I'll I'll give them I'll give them a three. That's that's a fair score.
1: And Sony, final thoughts and rank one to ten. Apparently, we should have done this for the uh, the horror
2: edition. (laughs) Uh, Credit to uh, Woody Harrelson and John C. Riley for going back in time and being the inspirations for the two elves uh, (laughs) characters because they totally look just like those two actors. Uh, I already said uh, my favorite part was the miser pun because I love puns and my least favorite part was everything else in the movie uh, yeah these are not my uh, my types of movies uh, I wouldn't even go so far as to give it a 3 I'd give it a 2 out of 10 and the only reason I'm not giving it like a 0 is because I could see why certain people like this but I think um...
1: by certain people do you mean me <laughs>
2: To an extent, uh, <laughs> I know that a lot of people like a lot of like really over the top kind of like sentimental stuff. Where a lot of people, I mean, I'm the type of guy that if you say, "Look at this," somebody uh, spent 10 hours whittling it, and I'd be like, "Well, that's a waste of 10 hours because you probably get it at a factory. They pump out a hundred of them in 20 minutes." Like,
0: <laughs>
2: I'm not. a <laughs> I'm not a sentimental type of guy when it comes to like culture-y kind of things, or you know, this has so much extra value because it's old, or any of that kind of stuff. So, uh, Santa Claus to me, the rosy cheeks and everything, are like just, they don't do it for me. So, 2 out of 10 for the people that like it, for me, I'm never watching this again. <laughs> and if I ever go over to your house, Jason, you're playing this, I'm fucking leaving.
1: <laughs> well, now that they've just trampled over my childhood dreams and all that stuff. <laughs> Let's move on to the next film here in the Four Real Movie Club. We're we'll gonna be doing the Santa Claus, uh, the Santa Claus, starring Tim Allen, in 1994. So if you're here on the YouTube, or you've you probably skipped this video at this point, uh, click the uh, link to go to the next one. Stay, let the playlist do its thing, and we'll be right back with the Santa Claus. We're ready for our third part here in the December movie films, and what we're going to be talking about is the Santa Claus, which is a 1994 American fantasy family comedy film directed by John Pasquin. It stars Tim Allen as Scott Calvin, an ordinary man who accidentally causes Santa Claus to fall from his roof on Christmas Eve. When he and his young son Charlie finish St. Nick's trip and deliveries, they go to the North Pole where Scott learns that he must become the new Santa and convince those he loves... That he is indeed Father Christmas, uh, Lauren. We'll start with you on this one. What was your initial thoughts on the Santa Claus?
3: Um, this is probably one of my favorites, and no matter how many times it's on ABC Family, I will watch it when I turn it on. You know, because um, it seems like i i think in the last week I've seen it six times, just because it's—it's it's always on. Um, but it's you know definitely on one of my favorite Christmas movies.
1: Peyton, what are your thoughts on The Santa Claus? Uh, well, I am
4: a, a 90s kid, and I am a sucker for anything 90s, and as such, I love Tim Allen, and pretty much anything Tim Allen does. So him as Santa Claus, sure, I dig it. It's enjoyable. I don't know if I needed a whole trilogy of it. Um, I, I think I only saw those sequels once in my lifetime, and I haven't bothered to go back and see them again. But this one I've seen regularly, and, yeah, it's 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 a good Christmas movie.
1: And lastly, Mr. Grinch, what is your thoughts on The Santa Claus? I
2: loved this movie when I saw it as a kid. And I watched it multiple years after that. It's been a lot of years since I've seen it. And unfortunately, it didn't hold up as well. Um, I really was kind of going into this list of the the four movies as well. I know at the very least I'm going to have fun watching The Santa Claus again. Because I haven't seen that in a long time. And this time around, when I was watching it, Maybe I was in a bad mood at the time, I don't know, but I was just kind of picking stuff apart and going, you know, I probably laughed at that as a kid, and 20 years later it's just not hitting me anymore. Um, So it downgraded itself, which kind of upset me. Uh, I don't like hate the movie or anything like that, but I kind of expected that I would still love it the way that I used to, and part of my childhood died not having that happen. (laughs) So we're even days (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> just to uh, give you some facts, it was produced by Robert F. Newmeyer, Brian Riley, Jeffrey Silver, written by Leo Benvenuti. that's just a guess, shot in the dark, Steve Rudnick, Carrie Kirkpatrick, uh, I don't know why I butchered that, and it stars Tim Allen, Judge Reinhold, Eric Lloyd, Wendy Cruson, David Krumholtz, and Peter Boyle. So... As always, we talk about casting on everything. Uh, Tony, we'll start with you. How did you feel with the casting? Do you think Tim Allen was the right guy to play Santa Claus?
2: Oh, Tim Allen, definitely. Um, some of the other characters, you know, you can maybe uh, fill in some other people. I like Peter Boyle, but there was nothing that was like, man, that had to be Peter Boyle. Or uh, The little kid was annoying, but all little kids, especially <laughs> in these kind of like movies and stuff, they're all annoying, especially when they have the same friggin' haircut as their mom. Uh <laughs> and the mom herself she you know was kind of replaceable a generic 90s mom you know her
4: haircut pissed me off
2: yeah her and the kid's haircut they're all the same uh, mm-hmm. judge reinhold was perfect because he is so unthreatening that if you would have had anybody else play that character he would have been a really easy character to hate but you're not supposed to hate him So you had to just kind of be like, all right, he's a little bit of a prick, but he's Judge fucking Reinhold. So (laughs) if like a stiff wind came by, he would have exploded. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the guy, uh, David Krumholtz, uh, I've always actually liked him in a lot of different things I've seen him in. And I think that he was awesome. Uh, The different elves in the movie, uh, they did a good job. Whoever played Judy, I don't know who that actress is, but she was... uh, perfect for that kind of role the casting is solid in the movie um the only real problems are uh, probably the little kid and mom but the mom's not even unoffensive it's mostly just that little kid, Fuck that little kid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mike what were your thoughts on the casting and what did you feel that Tim Allen was perfect for the role well Tim Allen of course was perfect for the role because this was a movie made for
4: Tim Allen I'm pretty sure it's the only reason this movie even existed was to have something for Tim Allen, who was the it thing at the time, to have a movie for the Christmas season to make lots of money. There's nothing more than that. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a chance to see Tim Allen make his typical Tim Allen wise cracks, which I love, especially when he's a wise. The best part of the movie is in the beginning when he's just being a jerk to everybody.
0: <laughs> um,
4: and shout outs to them for for the home uh, improvement reference when he puts on the tool belt. I dug that.
0: He even yeah, does that. Yeah, oh. Sweet.
4: Yeah um everyone else whatever like it's all all easily replaceable but not particularly offensive like tony said the kid but the typical christmas movie hey it's santa type kid <laughs> oh gosh um I, I, there's nothing more to really say about it. There was no standouts. There was no one that I was like, oh, that was uh, okay. Yeah, no, you're right. Tony's right. Judge Reinhold was fantastic <laughs> when he tried to really stand up and act tough, but he's wearing the world's goofiest sweater. Here's my card. <laughs> I, I, I want a weenie whistle.
0: <laughs> and when he
4: finally gets it, he does like the.
3: <whistles> <laughs>
1: Lauren, what were your thoughts on the casting? Do you think Tim Allen fits the role perfect?
3: Yeah, I think if it was anybody but Tim Allen, it wouldn't have been as good. Um, I mean, everybody else, you know, except uh, Judge Reinhold is is kind of. I mean, no, the one head elf Bernard, Mm. he was emo. Yeah, he had that like perfect like emo elf thing going on, (laughs) and uh, but yeah, the mom, the kid, just like the generic '90s cookie cutter. Family or you know mom and kid, so yeah.
1: Meh. Uh me. One other thing I, w- I would like to talk about when it comes to this film is the soundtrack itself. There's one moment that sticks out for me the most, and when it comes to this soundtrack, is it's it's all Christmas music except for one song, and the the scene sticks out in my head, and it's "Give Me oh. All Your Lovin." Oh my god. <laughs> uh, you were you Tony. Were what are your on thoughts on that. the soundtrack?
2: <laughs> I don't remember pretty much anything from the soundtrack, so it must not have come into my uh, (laughs) my brain when I was watching it. Maybe it was just like it fit and I didn't think twice about it. Like I don't know, what was the scene that you're talking about?
1: Uh, It's they're they're all gearing up the elves the ELF, and getting to go get Santa. Yeah.
2: Gotta have a montage. (laughs) (laughs) I think it would have been weird if like Enter Sandman would have popped up, but. I don't know about any of the stuff in this movie. It must not have uh, sparked something in my brain that made me think that it was odd. So uh, I guess it works. Hey, thumbs up. I'll try to be positive. (laughs) Uh, Mike, what were your thoughts
1: on the soundtrack?
4: I I really have nothing to say, but Lauren's been over here giggling ever since you mentioned (laughs) that. Because when we were watching it, she got so offended. And she just would not let it go until the scene ended when that song was playing.
3: because there's so many (laughs) songs that could fit there. Like maybe, you know, Here Comes Santa Claus. Because it's at, that's the montage of him doing the whole Christmas thing, and I'm bringing everybody presents and giving all, all your though. hugs and kisses too. Jingle, jingle All your hugs and kisses too. <laughs> it, it just it, like I was so it made me so angry, and I'm like I hope whoever made that decision got fired.
4: It was just <laughs> that enough. one decision halfway through the movie. Well, it's already
3: there,
1: but you're fired.
2: You're never gonna work in this town again, Phil. Yeah,
3: no, done.
1: zz top just completely killed the soundtrack
0: for you it's just
3: it's you know it's not not anything against zz top i mean nothing against that song it's not a bad song but it doesn't really fit in with you know christmas and ho 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 and santa claus give me all your love and all your hugs and kisses too
2: (laughs) they could have had a sharp-dressed man
1: (laughs) What we'll do is real quick, we'll go through, um, Tony, we'll start with you. Final thoughts, high points, low points, and a rank one to ten on the Santa Claus. Uh, I liked a
2: lot of different parts in this movie that I, I'm 100% positive I didn't love as a kid, and it kind of did like a reverse, I'm sure I would have laughed at, uh, Comet I think was the main, uh, one they were focusing on, the reindeer, when that farts, I'm sure I laughed as a kid. This time around, I was just like, uh, all right, it's a fart joke, it's easy. But like, I love the pun of the name of the movie. I'm glad they made the movie just for that. <laughs> I, I love my puns. I, as a James Bond fan, I had forgotten that uh, Judy throws out that little reference of uh, 12,000 or 1,200 year old recipe, shaken not stirred. And I like the part where she says, "Thanks, but I'm seeing someone in rapping Like, uh, you know, little jokes like that that for like the adults. Um,
4: did you like the arose such a clatter joke?
2: Actually, no, I didn't like that because the kid delivered okay. it. And I was just like, oh, fuck <laughs> off, kid. <laughs> so if Tim Allen delivered it, it would have been fine. Yeah, then it would have been like, okay, it's Tim Allen throwing out a little pun. That's funny. But the kid was just, arose such a clatter. And I'm like, see? Uh. With his bowl-shaped head and everything. <laughs> um... <laughs> I think it's a little weird that they embrace Santa, uh, being Santa so fast, especially because they really gloss over the fact that Santa fucking dies in this movie. <laughs> like that's dark. He falls off the roof and dies and he just waves goodbye. Like, well, that was a nice life. <laughs> it's a wonderful life. I'll see you soon. Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> um, a couple parts that I thought were funny that I, again, that I, I'm sure I wouldn't have laughed at as a kid. Um, <laughs> probably my favorite part of the movie So remember, kids, there's nothing more painful than third-degree burns. (laughs) Fireman O'Hara, they're not. Sorry about your partner. That got so dark, and I was just like, damn, I didn't expect that. (laughs) I guess he's going to see Santa in heaven. uh, The scene that I always remembered as a kid, uh, and that I was actually looking forward to seeing again, was the whole total tank Santa Lunch meeting, (laughs)
0: Uh,
2: and I was thankfully happy that I still enjoyed that. So that's that's probably got to get my nod for uh, my favorite part. Uh, Least favorite, man, anything that revolved around the little kid giving out orders, where he was like real smug about it. You know, like my dad's Santa Claus, so fuck you, get this and go do this and on prancer and uh, I just fucking hated this little kid. So uh, the movie itself is really just an unoffensive you know 90s movie and i can't hate it for that kind of reason so i'd give it maybe like a five out of ten it's certainly not you know a great movie that i would put down you know go watch the shawshank redemption and forrest gump and the santa claus or you know but for christmas movies it's a, a solid pick for people to check out so uh, I'll be watching it again in the future. It's not something that now that I've gotten a little bit more cynical that, you know, fucked this movie rest in my life or anything like that. And you know what? Maybe I was in a bad mood watching this or something. Uh, especially.
4: Did you watch it before or after, uh, the Year Without a Santa Claus?
2: Uh, beforehand. Uh, cause okay. I watched the Year Without a Santa Claus about 12 hours ago cause I was really putting <laughs> off watching it. But, uh, you know, I, I watched it, um, After Jingle All the Way and we'll get to that. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's like a five out of 10. It's, it's a movie that if anybody likes it, I would never pick apart why they wouldn't like it, but, uh, it's not as good as when I was a kid. So maybe I just lost a little bit of that Christmas spirit.
1: Lauren, what was your thoughts? Uh, final thoughts, high point, low point and a rank one to 10.
3: Um, I, I mean, it's for me, I, I really like it because it has that nostalgia. I remember seeing it in the theater you know, it was a big deal when it came out. Um, I like it for that. And, you know, I mean, the only thing I could say that I really disliked was, give me all your loving. <laughs> Everything else, I can't really say, you know, I can't say it was fantastic. But, I mean, the whole concept of, you know, Santa's disposable and everything's just, everyone's fine with that. Because he gets back to the, you know, he gets back to the North Pole and all the elves are like, oh, this is fine. This is fine. There's a new Santa. Santa's dead you know that's cool. that's that's cool it happens all the time you know um
2: standard protocol yeah you the new guy all right yeah, did force. you read the card <laughs> yeah
3: you, you read the card like like this happens like you know every few years they got him on like you know how many years it's been three years without a santa claus accident you know
4: um <laughs> <laughs> that should have been the name of a movie <laughs> three years without a santa claus accident <laughs>
2: It's just a graveyard filled with old Santa Clause's and a bunch of weeping <laughs> Mrs. Claus.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd I'd probably give it a, a seven, mainly for the nostalgia, you know. But, you know, not terrible, not not fantastic, but, you know, I watch it quite a few times a year, so.
1: Mike, what was your final thoughts? High point, low point, and a rank one to ten. It's a pretty damn good movie.
4: Uh, I, I think that something people have as far as their standards with christmas stuff they they allow them to be a little bit lower um you know christmas movies don't need to be as well made christmas music doesn't need to be as great um and people can just appreciate it for being part of the season and uh, (laughs) this is uh, towards the top of the food chain when it comes to christmas movies i mean there's some of them out there that are just so horrendous um we didn't really pick any horrendously bad ones tonight but that jingle all the way, too. That's going to really piss me off whenever I eventually get around to seeing that. <laughs> um, uh, maybe it's just the nostalgia goggles that still make me think it's a good watch. Maybe if someone watched it now for the first time, they wouldn't enjoy it as much. But for me, I enjoyed seeing Tim Allen be Tim Allen. And it was fine to watch at this time of year. I'm not going to watch it during the summer you know, <laughs> on a random whim because I want to see Tim Allen. If I want to do that, I'll watch that one where he has the kid and he takes him to be like an Indian. What was that one?
0: The jungle? Jungle. jungle to jungle yeah. yeah
4: that was an awesome one or i'll just watch toy story anyway i give this one like uh, six and
2: a half i like how you didn't mention you'd watch his show well no i well i have a
4: box set of home improvement and it's actually like shaped like a toolbox
2: no i'm not talking about home improvement i'm talking about the show that he has on
1: tv now oh he has a show on tv now yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I forget the name of it but it's like he's like a woodsy ranger really something. yeah it's last, like man last man standing last man standing i have to look this is. up yeah it's not on terrible. netflix
2: You don't need to look it up. (laughs) All right, let's watch Home Improvement then.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So that does it for the Santa Claus. Uh, Stick around. We're going to jump into the next uh, part, the final part of the December 4 Real Movie Club, while we will review Jingle All the Way. Welcome back to the 4 Real Movie Club. We're doing our fourth and final film, which is Jingle All the Way. It's a 1996 American Christmas family comedy film directed by Brian Levant and starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. Uh, it also has Phil Hartman, Rita Wilson, young Anakin Skywalker, Jake Lloyd, James Belushi, the one that w- everybody wishes died, and Robert Conrad.
2: <laughs> Not even like that they wish that uh, the other Belushi is alive. They wish that this guy
0: died.
1: Oh, man, so, like what could <laughs> do? Now that we're off and running, Mike, what was your initial thoughts on Jingle All the Way?
4: Uh, so this is quite possibly my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Uh, if there's one Christmas movie that I've watched every season, it's this one. It actually has been a few since i would last watched it, maybe like three or four. Um, and I, I've noticed more flaws at this time than I have before, but I still thought it was absolutely hilarious. I, I started cracking up as soon as you just said the two main stars, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. <laughs> you put those two names next to each other in a poster, it's just like, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger, at this point, he was just full-on ridiculous. Like, he had become a full parody of himself. He had given up being the action star. He, I, I, I think this was the same year as Batman and Robin when he did Mr. Freeze. If I'm correct? Yes, uh, no, maybe familiar. so. I don't know. Um, and Sinbad. Just Sinbad. <laughs> it's only too bad that we didn't get to see him in one of his trademark tr- tr-
1: uh, jumpsuits. yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, <laughs> what was your initial thoughts on jingle all the way?
3: Um, I mean I've I've seen it quite a few times um, it was it was better when I was younger because um, now I just sit and point out all the, the flaws and, and I'm like that's that's not possible this <laughs> this is but I mean it's still funny it I, th- I think I found myself laughing more at the flaws than the actual context of the movie but not bad.
1: Tony, your initial thoughts on Jingle All the Way? I used to love Arnold Schwarzenegger movies.
2: Even the horrible, really over-the-top, stupid bad ones. You know, the Commandos and the uh, Running Mans and all that other kind of stuff. But this was one of the only ones that I've never seen. And people have been telling me for years that i got to watch it. That it's the best fucking Christmas movie all time and all that. Fuck you people! I do not like this movie! <laughs> Oh man, they dragged some things out to an unbearable level, and the things that I didn't like about this were the things that kept on going. The things I do like are these little snippets here and there, and I'm like, shit, if they would have added more of those things, I probably would have loved it. And I don't even think I would have liked this as a kid, necessarily, because, uh, man, uh, I'll break it down later.
1: Uh, just to give you some facts about the movie, it was directed by Brian Levant, uh, produced by Chris Columbus, Michael Barnathan, Smith, uh, Smith <laughs> Mike Smith, uh, Mark Radcliffe, and written by Randy Cornfield and Chris Columbus, who did the rewrite and was uncredited for it. Uh, the movie stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sinbad, and all the ones that we had listed earlier, especially Phil Hartman, which is he's perfect for that role in my opinion. Um, and a little thing. Uh, a note that we made. It was inspired by real-life Christmas toy sellouts for the products of Cabbage Patch Kids and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Really? Um, yeah, the film was written yeah, by I Randy... Yeah, I got the Tickle Ford Me Elmo vibe.
2: Yeah, me too.
4: <laughs> That's what I was alive for remembering. Oh my gosh, that was a crazy Christmas.
1: And Another interesting note here is that uh, due to a delay with 20th Century Fox doing the reboot of Planet of the Apes, it allowed Schwarzenegger to come on board for the film. Also, Columbus opted to cast Sinbad instead of Joe Pesci. <laughs> where the role is Myron. Bro, is so, who? Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci? Oh
3: my god. Uh, <laughs> That's man, terrible.
2: If they remake this, I'm going to have to watch that.
1: <laughs> so, I, I, I feel like that, that sparks up some stuff. Tony, we'll start with you. On casting, do you think everybody fits the roles? Do you think Pesci would have done better than uh, Sinbad? I don't
2: know if he would have done better. Um, he probably would have had his own spin on things that, Maybe would have been just as good, maybe better, maybe worse. Um, Joe Pesci is awesome at being Joe Pesci. Whether he was in, you know, Goodfellas or Home Alone, which is, to this day, like, the only movie I make sure that I sit down and watch for Christmas. I already did that. already made sure I ordered my lovely cheese pizza when I did it. Um, but Sinbad was pretty awesome in this movie. Uh, Phil Hartman, fantastic in this movie, too. Phil Hartman being his full-on Phil Hartmanist. Uh this is another situation, too. Maybe the, the 90s bug kind of caught it. Uh, whoever played the mother or the wife, depending on your perspective, uh, she was just a generic actress that I've really never seen in anything else, and she did her role fine, but probably anybody would have played that part fine. Probably even the woman from uh, The Santa Claus would have done the same job.
4: Wait, wasn't it uh, the same woman?
2: It might as well have been. Uh, at first, I thought it was Maria she Cut her hair a little different. <laughs> but... Uh, Casting-wise, Schwarzenegger, the reason that this movie exists is because of Schwarzenegger. And obviously certain scenes would have been really odd if it would have been somebody else. The fact that there's an action scene in this,
0: <laughs>
2: uh, you had to have somebody like Schwarzenegger, it would have been really odd if like, they would have had Sinbad and Joe Pesci playing the main character. I wouldn't have bought him as Turbo Man. So. Uh, the issues that I have with this are script-wise, not acting. Uh, The people who were in this movie, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. So, kudos to all of them.
1: Mike, what was your thoughts on casting?
4: Uh, I thought they were all fantastic, actually. (laughs) Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger... When he gets into his cheesy line mode, I, I love when he's just spouting out his one-liners. Uh, and he just goes in full mode. You He doesn't have to worry about being a badass. He could just keep delivering funny lines. And Sinbad, when he starts doing any of his freakouts or any of his loud screaming lines, and I think that's one of Tony's least favorite things that any actor does, but very few of them, when they do it right, they do it fantastically. And Sinbad throughout this. And Arnold, too. Uh, my, my two favorite parts in this, actually, is, is quick little one-liners that really aren't like significant overall but it's when Arnold Schwarzenegger's on the phone Phil Hartman is in the kitchen trying to make <laughs> moves on his wife and he's like oh, the cookie's like put that cookie down <laughs> it's fantastic and the other part is during the, uh, the the great action scene as Tony pointed out when um, Sinbad is dressed up as Brainiac or whatever his name was and he's chasing after the kid with the Turbo Man doll and this pesky present box gets in the way during the parade and he just goes and pushes it out of the way he's like out of the way box she's <laughs> <laughs> It's just the way of them it. Out of the way, box! <laughs> <laughs> so the delivery was on. I agree, the writing may not have been there, but everyone just,
1: they made that movie with their performances. Lauren, what was your thoughts on uh, the
3: casting for Jingle All the Way? Um, I, I like the casting. I feel like with any other cast, it wouldn't have been as, like, um, memorable or as, you know, as good. And even, like, down to the kids, because usually the kids are, like, very forgettable characters but it was like they had the perfect i don't know to me his his face kind of looked a little white trash
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it was like
3: perfect for that part and then like his like the adversary kid was like he was an unintentional douchebag.
4: Maybe your parents should get a divorce. Yeah,
3: and I was like, "Wow, what a dick!" But it was like he was—he fit like physically looked like a kid who would just be a giant douchebag. So, like that—the the casting of the kids usually is—it's it's terrible, but this was, I think, pretty spot-on, believable.
2: The angry little fat kid that has to take his frustrations <laughs> out on his friend. You ruined yeah. Star Wars in a few years, buddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, one thing I think we have to, to speak about, and we, we've mentioned it a little bit here and there. Um, I'll start with you, Peyton, on this one. The sequel. Did it uh-huh. need to happen? I'm sorry, what was the question? The sequel. Did... Did it need to happen? Does it take away from the movie since it happened? And... From...
4: My impression, it looks like it has absolutely nothing at all to do with the first movie. Like I, I, I watched the trailer a number of times. I've been forced to watch the trailer a number of times because they played it on Raw every week. Because it stars WWE superstar Santino Morella and Larry the Cable Guy. Horrendous choices. That it, you're going from Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sid Bed to those two.
0: <laughs> and again, <laughs> and I just, I've
4: analyzed this trailer, which was the point I was getting to. I've analyzed it, top to bottom. I cannot find a single connection to the original. It doesn't even look like it takes place in Minneapolis, um, which is awesome. I love the Twin Cities. I visited there. Mall of America kicks ass. I've been there. Um, the scene when they're in the diner. I've been to that diner. Uh, I went sightseeing around there, and that was something I had to see, just because, like I said, it was one of my favorite movies, so getting to see a scene from it. And the statue of Mary Tyler Moore, just, just to throw that out there. Twin Cities is a nice place. Check that out. What was I saying?
2: You <laughs> were basically jiggle saying, fuck Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, fuck Larry
4: the Cable Guy. Fucked you all the way, too. Uh, I'm going to try my hardest not to have to see that for a little bit. Um, eventually, I'll, I'll let myself see it, because I just want to see what a train wreck it is. Um, will it taint the original? Uh, no, as I said before, for any other ones, it's, it's just going to be forgotten about really quickly. People will remember the first one. They're not going to remember this one.
1: Lauren, what are your thoughts on the sequel?
3: Same thing. I mean, I, I'm going to... I refuse to see it, but I have a feeling that at some point it might creep up and I'll have to watch it, and then I'll, you know, drink heavily and suffer through it.
1: (laughs) Uh, Tony, what are your thoughts on the sequel? If you were going to do a
2: sequel, do the sequel we need to see. All right, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's dead, and Sinbad is the angel, and they're buddying around. Wait a minute, I'm going back to its wonderful death. Okay. Uh, What do you know about? Imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger doing those fucking lines. What do you know about that? Uh, Your money is in Joe's house It's in the Kennedy's house. I know I was there. <laughs> da, it's time for the Charleston. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger doing the Charleston thing. Fuck, I wouldn't see this movie. <laughs> no, they don't need to make a sequel to this. They, In general, they don't need to make a sequel to any movie that has no connection to the movie. American Psycho 2 was a stupid ass idea. And uh, this is going to be a stupid ass idea, too. And if I don't even like this one, I'm certainly not going to like something with Larry the fucking cable guy in it. So. Uh, you did. Yeah. yeah fuck that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Lauren, we'll start with you. What is your final thoughts and your high point low point when it co- and ra- rating one to ten when it comes to jingle
3: all the way? Um, final thoughts. Um, I would you know put it on my repeat you know every year i'll I'll watch it I'll, I'll not watch. It. I won't watch it like you know a hundred percent focus, but you know I'll have it on in the background. Um, high point hmm um the the low point is the the drawn-out action scene at the end it's like it takes him six years to rise up out of that platform and also i think everyone in the audience recognized arnold (laughs) as turbo man except his own wife and child (laughs) everybody watching like because that was my thing i would know that you know i i don't know if, if they're just supposed to be that dense um well he's
2: never around
3: Oh. Plus, oh, there's okay. a lot
2: of six, uh, seven foot tall Austrian men in that town. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, high point is probably Sinbad and his like little zingers that he has in there. That's just, just, just make you laugh every time. Um, probably would give it like a five. Yeah, five.
1: Uh, Peyton, what are your final thoughts? High point, low point, and rank one to ten.
3: Uh,
4: as I said, a, a go-to for me every single year. Great performances by everybody. Um, another one of my favorite parts I didn't mention is they had this running joke of Sinbad would pull out a box and say it's a bomb to get himself out of a situation. And <laughs> one of the times that he did and he gets away, the police officer, who had the worst luck throughout the entire movie, goes up to open up the box and it actually is a bomb. And Sinbad, like as he's running away, hears the explosion, turns out, what? That actually was a bomb? <laughs> sick world sick world we're living <laughs> um so that actually was clever writing so good on them i could actually credit the writers for something funny there um yeah great movie I, I i would give it a seven and a half
1: and lastly mr grinch to wrap out our four real movie club what were your high points low points final thoughts and rank one to ten
2: Low points are definitely the things they drag out. The jetpack scenes, like eight minutes of him flying around, and I get the point that it's a little bit difficult, but holy fuck, do it in two minutes. Don't do it for a half an hour. And that doesn't just apply to the action stuff, too. To me, I mean, slapstick stuff isn't my thing. I do like when the midget goes flying. That's cool. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: oh, that was was that giant guy, the big show? Yes. Yeah, it and is the, big show. the little uh, elf guy er, is the one who is the little elf uh, helper guy in Santa*. So he carries that character on, I guess. Yes. Huh. Uh, but, man, they drag out a lot of stuff. And they even drag out the over-the-top gag-me-with-a-spoon ending with the whole... Why do I need the Turbo Man doll? I've got the real Turbo Man. I just finished a fucking sentence already. You stupid. Like, I get it. You have your real dad, and he's coming home, and he's gonna have his eyes bulge at the very end and zoom in, and uh, the reindeer chase. The, the he burps and stuff. Like that's it's not my kind of thing. Uh, I do love though and the things I gotta give credit to for my favorites. Phil Hartman is. Fucking awesome in this movie. <laughs> the whole put the cookie down thing and how he's just this creepy dude and putting his arm around the wife and oh, these cookies are great.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. If they would have had him and Sinbad alone, I could have just watched, you know, two hours of them because Sinbad's in- introduction with that whole uh, the woman who slept with everyone at the post office except for me. <laughs> and i went to college for a semester so i'm in the know and all that those were the best parts of this movie and uh man for that reason alone i got to give it at least a four out of ten for those two guys the rest of the movie uh you know i could pass on uh, you could show me a highlight reel of just phil hartman and sinbad and i would be like damn i got to watch this movie and then the rest would be a disappointment i think so awesome job phil hartman damn I, i'm it's a shame that we don't have him around still And awesome job for Sinbad, and damn that he's still around, but he sucks.
4: (laughs) Is there anything else of like worthy value that Sinbad has actually done?
1: The one episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with Dave Matthew. Oh good good call. Good call. (laughs) He was with Rob Thomas in the mental (laughs) work.
2: Where he's basically playing this character who's already gone postal.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, that does it in for us when it comes to the Four Real Movie Club and the month of December for Christmas movies. So let's go around the panel and see what everybody's up to uh, during the holiday break, after the holiday break, whatever they want to talk about. Tony, we'll start with you.
2: I don't get a holiday break. I'm gonna be editing a whole bunch of different videos and stuff for the Smarkout Moment channel on YouTube. Our 2014 Smart out Moment Awards. We're gonna do any other pod- uh, podcast that we do on Fanboys. We'll have them up as soon as possible. If you haven't checked it already out, go ahead and listen to our Fan Tracks episodes for a couple different Christmas themed uh, shows. South Park. We did. We did uh, Simpsons and what do you on to Futurama and uh, Super Mario Brothers Super Show. So. Uh, an odd choice for that one, but hey, definitely go check back those old things because if there's one thing that we know for sure, it's that nostalgia still works. It's and... great if
4: you uh, remember that time that Captain <laughs> played <Marco. laughs> Uh
2: so check out ah uh, smartout moment if you're a fan of on any of the wrestling kind of stuff. And if you are a fan of the wrestling stuff, check out Jingle all the way too and tell us if that's really as fucking terrible as it seems like it's gonna be. Um, keep Even checking for out. wrestling
4: fans. None of us like Santino Marella.
2: I like totally Sabino, but uh, not in a movie. But um, any of that stuff, that'll be on Moment. Uh FanBoysAnonymous.com, whatever we've got going on with that, go ahead and check that out. And in general, just uh, follow the Facebook and Twitter accounts for A Mango Tree and Tony Mango, spelled out like the body parts, because I do like my puns.
4: Which body
1: part <laughs> is a mango? Uh, you don't want to know.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Lauren, what do you got going on?
3: Um, I work retail, so I'm working all before, (laughs) during, and after the holidays. Yay! (laughs) That's about it.
1: (laughs) And lastly, Mr. Payton, what do you got going on?
4: Yeah, I I work retail, too. It it blows. (laughs) This weekend has been hell. Um, But it's all almost over. Christmas is this week, and then Mm -hmm. on to the new year. We should do some New Year's movies. Uh, That's too soon. I just completely spaced out odd so you yeah. Okay. Never mind. uh Just uh keep keep tuning everything we got here. Megapowersradio.com. Raw post show on Mondays. Daceman show on Wednesdays. Four Wheel Movie Club occasionally. uh Addicted to anime shall be returning soon. Now that Mr. Wago's got his computer back set up, and who knows what's going to be shooting towards you at any point. I pop up on all those other shows you hear on FanboysAnonymous.com, SmartOutMoment.com, and those other websites. And if you really want to keep up to date with what's going down, follow me on the Twitters at m r p a d e n. That's Mister payton
1: sweet and that does us in for this month's Four real movie club thank you guys for listening hope you enjoyed it check us out next month where we talk about thrillers and then there's so much more planned for the rest up until about june we have a uh, four real movie clubs planned i'm excited for them um so thank you guys for tuning in and make sure you keep on watching films this has been the four real movie club
2: at no point in your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? I'm too
1: old for this.
0: Good day, sir!
1: You stay classy, San Diego.
0: Rose
3: Well, we're going. We don't need roads. Frankly,
0: my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm finished. I'm looking. to baby.
4: Hey, everybody! We're all gonna get laid!
0: You're still here? It's over. Go home.